0: Blog Talk Radio. Lardy
1: Miss
6: Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy. Lardy Miss Clardy.
2: Hello, hello out there, the internet world. How you doing today? Welcome to the Lardy Miss Clardy blog talk radio show for Saturday, May 1st, 2010. I'm your host, Lardy Miss Clardy, and your co-host for this evening is Brenda, the light is right, Tyrone Island Small, the poet, and of course, Bernard, the dark side. Bringing fresh news updates on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Real news from real people right here on the Lardy Miss Clardy Log Talk Radio Show. We have a great show for you again this evening. We are going to talk about the same thing we talked about last week dealing with children's services, the judicial system, foster parents, and, and families and what they face in abuses such as sexual, emotional, and physical abuse. Come join us on this adventure to share your views. Take time to help someone in need to cope with this problem. Stand up, speak up, and speak out, America. There are troubled teens and adults who have faced this dilemma. All you got to do is go and see the movie Precious. You could save your life with your story and testimony. If you have any questions or you want to be a guest on this show or you are an expert, you can email me at wclardy, that is W-C-L-A-R-D-Y at families, and Victimsofraud.com, or call in at the call-in number at 347-884-8684. Again, that number is 347-884-8684 to be live to talk about it. This topic will be discussed tonight. Hope you did your research to bring your A-game. Let's talk about it, y'all. And for all y'all out there that can't call in because y'all don't have, you know, the, the, the time or, or, or the minutes, I have a call-in number. It's toll-free. That number is 1-887-483-3153. That number, again, is one 483 3153 We will be right back with news updates back. I am Lardy Miss Clardy, your host for this evening. And what you just heard came from Sweet, a street swap with Streetwise. I'm kind of tied, tongue-tied tonight, but excuse me on that. You know, I'll get it right here in a little bit, okay? You know, and that's by, uh, I guess, Dr. Dre or Doug Dre called Streetwise, which is California love. All right, now we are back and we got concerns about, you know, what does Children's Service and the judicial system have in common with families that face sexual, emotional, and physical abuse? And, you know, do you believe abuse happened in Children's Services foster cares? And my question tonight to you all to think about this, do you believe that abuse happened in Children's Service foster care across the board? You know, that's just not only here in Columbus, Ohio, where we're coming and streaming live to you, but we talk about across the board. And, you know, the other part that I want to give you something to think about, uh, and perhaps you can help us in it, um, why, when children turn 18, are they thrown out out into the streets without help from children's services after a certain amount of time of being in the system? Do you believe the law on abuse should be changed? And our judicial systems needs fixing? Do families get victimized? Do our judicial, judicial system lie to cover up the wrongs done by children's services? Isn't this called fraud? Is every family a bad family? Is every child service system bad? And I'm going to leave that with you and come out of the news because I found something interesting. Uh, That just happened not too long ago, I'd say April 22nd, okay, and it's coming out of K, what is this, K W B O C WBOC 16. Um, You can find this information that I'm getting ready to read from updates on the news here at www.wboc.com, okay? And this particular article is referring to police. Where they have child sex abuse suspects, foster parent, and pastor. Now that's a deep thing to think about, right there. And again, I'm telling you this coming from WBOC TV Channel 16. All right, and you know I just gave you the news of where to find it. And it's it talking here. I'm going to read it to you. Chestertown, Maryland, a licensed Foster parent and pastor in Chestertown is behind bars on multiple charges after being accused of sodomizing a boy several times. The Kent Bureau of Investigation, this is in Maryland, arrested thirty-nine-year-old Jerry Darnell Bartley on six counts of sodomy, one count each of child abuse, sex abuse of a minor. Abuse of a minor, continuing course of conduct, and second-degree assault. If convicted, Bartley faces up to 140 years imprisonment. Now, I'm, I, you know, I'm not shy to tell you the 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 identity or the race of this person. He is a black male, 39 years old. Okay, facing 140 years imprisonment. The investigation began on Friday, April 16th when an anonymous complaint was received by Kent County Social Service that KBI was contacted and initiated a joint investigation into the allegations. Investigators say the victim, who is not being identified, was subsequently located and disclosed to investigators that between December 2009 and April 2010, Bartley sodomized him on at least six occasions According to police, the victim stated that all of these incidents occurred in Bartley's home. Bartley was interviewed but was not immediately charged pending the results of a forensic examination on the victim. Police say they arrested Bartley at his home on Wednesday after receiving information that the forensic examination revealed evidence consistent with the victim's allegations. Bartley was taken into custody and held in the Kent County Detention Center on $250,000 bond. According to investigators, Bartley is a licensed foster parent through Arrow Child and Family Ministries and a pastor at the Faith and Deliverance Church in Chestertown. Police are urging anyone with information about this case or any other case where Bartley may have had inappropriate contact with others to contact the KBI at area code 410-778-0490. That number again is 410, area code 778-0490, or contact them at KBI. M at M as in Mary, D as in Dan, S as in Spring, P as in Paul, dot .org, okay? That is, again, you can contact them at KBI at MDSP.org. And that is for the news at this time. i got more coming up. So, again, the question is, do you believe abuse happens in Children's Services Foster Care? Well, I even got a little bit on another article that's about foster parents abusing children, okay? And this was done on April the 7th, 2008, okay? So I'm taking you back two years, okay? And it says here, why would foster parents abuse their foster children if they went through abuse? This is a great question. I don't have statistics to back it up. This is just my personal opinion, this writer is saying. The writer says, I think the main reason false parents abuse is stress or, or frustration rising in raising foster children and all the accompanying issues lead to high levels of stress. He says, or she says, I think many parents are ill-prepared to handle the issues our kids have. It is not just the kid's issue or behavior, but all the accompanying issues that go with foster care. There is documentation, regular social worker visits, birth family visits, medical appointments, and various other things. Foster parenting classes don't always address things like this or give you an accurate idea of how much time is truly involved in all of this. There is also the issue of lack of resources, placing workers, placing workers do not always tell foster parents how to assess the resources they need in order to make a placement successful, and parents need to be able to find adequate respite care when needed, good therapists and psychiatric help, help with school issues, and so on. These are issues that most regular parents don't have to deal with, so turning to friends for information is usually not the solution. This, the person says in this article, there is also the issue of prior abuse. Some adults who were abused as children continue the cycle by abusing their own children. It's the only form of discipline that they know because it is what they learned as children. That's not to say that every adult who has abuse as a child will become an abuser, but it is a cause. Parental mental health is also a major factor. I know when I had three special need children, no respite, and a family who offered criticism instead of support, my stress level was extremely high and I was diagnosed with depression. Medication controls the symptoms, but not every foster parent gets the treatment they need. When faced with a choice of taking their child to the doctor or getting themselves to the doctor, the foster parent usually takes their child and plus their own medical and mental health care on the back burner. None of the foster parents that I know want to abuse a child or go into this, intending to abuse a child. They want to help children and give them a better life. Yes, there are foster parents who don't have the child's best interest at heart. But the great majority do this, the love of children. And again, um, I'm reading this to you because uh, the question is, do you believe abuse happen in children's services? and and of course we got sexual abuse, emotional abuse and physical abuse that happen in foster care and also with parents that the system or child protective services uh transfer into um um you know into the family like the grandmother or the sister or the cousin into their families it does happen but overall i like this uh this, this this uh testimony here because not only are they addressing issues that arise for why things can happen in foster care but also it is also saying but the majority uh do this out of the love of the children that want to treat children good and help them which we do know this. So my question today and I'm going to slide this right on over here to Brenda, the light is right. You know, because the light is right. We're we exposing the truths and the have truths and the have and the have nots. So, Brenda, the question is, do you believe abuse happens in children's services, foster care, when children are in place? Yes. I want to ask you that before I take and give you the second question, because I got some questions, and I'm going to let Brenda, the light is right, hit us on a few things, you know, because they're talking about screening in here. How you screen for stuff, too, you know, because there's a lot to prepare that foster parents and other grandparents and everybody go through in order to take care of everybody's kids, huh? Even though we know that the judicial system itself is, is covering up something. We, I mean, I'm sure they got suits all over the place, but you will never know about those things in public, you know, but it do happen. And we need to know what can we do to find out the resources or whatever that's out there that can help these families that have limited resources or information on the subject. Give it to us, Brenda.
7: Okay, Wendy. Thank According you. According to last week's discussion Mm -hmm. when we did the show, Mm -hmm. we did give out a little information as to that part. Mm -hmm. But what I also want to bring to attention is once the child or their family is involved with CPS, they do have the numerous of different resources that they do try to help with the family. So please try to take advantage of most of those, those, um, those resources in order to understand or get a better understanding of how they can help you with your child to eliminate the fact that when your child is placed into someone else's house, household where they don't get abused or neglected, as long as you stay as a family union, unit while you're, you are participating and being also part of the other family which your child is being placed into, home. as long as you two work together as a unit, there should be no issue as sexual abuse, neglect anything else concerning that child because all resources is being structured at that point.
2: Well, I thank you for that information. Um, the next question I want to know about is, uh, what? okay, so what is the accountability and the focus, you know, with uh, Child Protective Services and the foster parents, and where does the screening come in hand in knowing what is what? what, what do you look for in foster Parents or adoptive parents, whether it's your grandmama, your sister, your brother, what what are those uh, uh, What are those uh, um, it, You know those those that information there. I just need you to okay. speak that out because they need to, they they're lacking resources
7: and information. Okay. The focus is on the service, accountability, and outcome of CPS foster homes. If that is the focus concerning the child's welfare, community, and the child's well-being, which is measured against the outcome of the child's safety, we need to check that out. From my research, which I'm getting this information off of www.dsts.texasus, which is a a handbook or a site that if you are interested in finding out more answers or more, more questions of your own to be answered, Check this, this, that website out, but back to what I, was t- what I was saying is the research, once the child is taken from his or her home, which is a natural environment and place in foster care, the child's mindset of emotions changed to survival mode. Because once the child has been removed from their own natural environment, whether from abuse or some other reason, the child is confused or has no knowledge of what is taking place with his or her life, period. Now, when it comes to screening for foster parents, I have a little information coming out of the Department of Foster Parent Service Handbook out of Texas that i mentioned to you. The, the, inquiry, uh, the inquiry of Screening Foster Family Homes and Adoptive Homes is stated here. It's responsible for ensuring that applicants seeking to be foster or adoptive parents have the qualifications and abilities they will need to protect, parent, and nurture the abused or neglected children in their care. I also have here some of the screening prospective for foster homes. It's says- and study prospective foster family homes too. evaluate the foster family and determine whether the family can meet the needs of children in foster care. Document that the family meets the minimum standards for agency foster family homes and ensure that the prospective foster parents are familiar with DSPS foster care system and prepared to be foster parents. Now, that's something big. Most people that decide to be foster parents are not actually ready to commit to becoming a foster parent. I also have information on the rules, which is uh, going through some of the policies which states the policy for responding to inquiries and screening of approval of foster and adoptive homes are as follows. Responding to inquiries. Receive inquiries as a result of recruitment efforts by staff, volunteers, foster and adoptive parents, foster and adoptive parents associations and other organizations that work with DSPS. When inquiries are received, staff should provide a written response within 10 working days to provide families information about the process of becoming a foster or adoptive parent with DSPS. For screening and approval of foster and adoptive homes, the age requirement, all applicants must be at least 21 years of age or older, the age is evaluated in relation to life expectancy and maturity. When assessing adoptive applicants, the applicant's life expectancy must be long enough for the applicant to be able to raise the child to adulthood. who are nearing retirement age usually are only considered and approved for adolescent children. If you're married and you like to become a foster parent, here's a little information for that. Couples must be married at least two years before DFPS accepts any adoption or uh, guardian applicants unless. The following accession is made. Accession. If the couple cohabited for two years prior to marriage or obtained a civil registration of common law marriage for the net of time required, the worker should assess the impact of the marriage on the stability of the couple's relationship. Exceptions are made in usual situations which involve a child with special needs if another licensed child placing agency in the dual community agrees to complete the home study or supervise the placement.
2: Thank you for the information, Brenda. That is good information for all of you out there that don't know what the screening process is supposed to be in becoming a foster parent or or even, uh, you know, taking care of your uh, family's children. Uh, Now you see what the processes are in terms of screening. Now, I'm going to take a break and let you reflect on that that we just heard, and I'll be back with some more updated news, and we will also have the dark side speak to you from on the other side of criminal justice. Talk to you in a minute. (laughs) I'll be
5: trying, I'll be trying, I'll be trying, I'll be trying.
2: All right, all right. Well, you heard the music. That sound good coming from. I think that's Alexander O'Neill. Yeah, I'd have forgot the name of the song, but we know it's Alexander O'Neill. Um, but I am back, Lardy Miss Lardy. I'm your host, and I have a lot to I have thought about here, <laughs> and children that are in the foster care system go through a tough life ahead of them. You know, they go through things, whether it was, you know, with the parent or with the grandparent or whoever it may be. But children who age out of foster systems often have tough lives ahead of them. And coming from you, coming from out of www.f, as in Frank, EEP.com, they're talking about this in their article, okay, and they said this is after foster care. Now, you can even blame it on after coming out of another parent's home uh, or who the system has placed your child with within the family dynamics here. So I'm going to read this to you, and I'm hoping that this information I'm giving you something that, you know, that is a is good, good thing to hear. So here we go. While some foster children find traction as adults, finding jobs and moving into their homes, too many others flounder badly. Two years ago, Wayne State University researchers Paul Toro and Patrick Fowler tracked down 250 64 youth who had aged out of the foster care system in Wayne, Macomb, and Oakland counties in 2002 and 2003. Their studies found nearly 17% had spent at least one night on the street, in an abandoned building, or in a homeless shelter. Even more had spent time couch surfing at the homes of friends and relatives a practice that defines them as homeless by federal guidelines, Torrell said. One out of four spent time in jail. Now, we did talk about that in our last segment last week, about how this affects children or young adults when they come out of that system, how they already castrated before they even get out because they was already in the system and it's already done, that damage is done. Nearly all reported drinking, even though half were age, nearly half said they had smoked pot. Mm. On average, they made about $600 a month, most commonly employed in the fast food industry. 2010 is still going on. They're still doing it. It's, it's, it's no different from back there in 2002 and 2003. Just ain't nobody talking about it. Nine of ten youth were sexually active. One in four reported eight or more partners. About half had become pregnant or their partners had become pregnant. Now, that's up to date, too, because that's what's going on right now in 2010. It's still happening. Youth having babies, okay? Youth going to jail and and youth having more than two kids, more than three, and sometimes more than five. It's still going on right now, today. The numbers are not particularly surprising to Toro, who has spent years studying poverty in the Detroit area. Now, that's in Detroit. What about in Columbus and all the statewide? All statewide, there's ghettos. They had a bad home from the get-go. We yanked them out of there, he said, then the state takes over, moves the parents out of the picture, and bounces the kids back and forth for years, and then their 18 says, sorry, you're on your own, bye. Well, that's going on right now in 2010, and believe me, when I gave you my short testimony of last week, a mother of five, and dealing with the system for 23 years, year on the year, never missing a beat with the system in my world, and to see what they were doing to my children, I can definitely identify with it. Is there anybody else out there that can identify with that? That's an argument, some say, for extending care for foster children to age 21, which is supposed to be anyway. Actually, it's supposed to be extended until they're 23, okay? In some states, that is. Some states already do that. And the federal government is now offering assistance to other states that want to do the same. The three extra years would give extra time to mature, agree Ishmael Ahmed, Director of Michigan Department of Human Services. I tend to agree with that. Now, I'm getting ready to take you on over to the dark side, and let's talk the dark side about this. Hey, what you think about this article and what, what's on your mind? Tell the audience what it's all about.
8: With and honestly, Miss Lardy Miss I think. That oh, you
2: just done talk my name. Now we can't have that, <laughs> okay? I told you this is the Lardy Miss Clardy Blog Talk Radio Show, but that's all right. We are real people doing real things, talking real news here, and we're all family. Go on yeah. ahead. My name is Lardy Miss Clardy.
8: Lardy Miss <laughs> Okay. Now this is this is Kelvin Darkside way I look at these these issues, you know, it comes from the upbringing it comes from the upbringing and how to have a spiritual arising in your in the household. Mm-hmm. If it's a foster parent or a real parent, mm-hmm. if they don't instill good morals and words mm-hmm. into the children, then they will turn out to be a mess. You only can do what you can do. So therefore if they find something if they don't find something to get into and learn and be excited about learning then they find the street life, and the street life consumes them. So, therefore, they'll start becoming addicted to drugs,
2: mm-hmm. addicted to, Absolutely. you know,
8: gang activity, Absolutely. addicted to criminal activity, and the more they feed into that, the more they become lost right. and don't understand yeah. what the lifestyle is, right. you know, because I've been through it to a certain degree myself.
2: Well, you know? talk a little bit on it. Get
8: a little small knots of this. Okay. I mean,
2: people love to know about us.
8: <laughs> okay, so when I was out there running around, feeling empty and 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 full of anger because I didn't understand who I was or what I was, the God inside myself, I did not know. So, therefore, I turned it over to everything but God. I turned it over to the alcohol. Come on now, we talk real talk here, or
2: what?
8: I turned it over to. The justice system because they got me going in and out of jail, incarceration, and that's mm-hmm,
5: good, mm-hmm.
8: you know. But everything was so empty because I didn't know who I was.
5: Mm-hmm. I didn't know
8: who God was, mm-hmm. you know. Once I understood and started finding out more about God, that's why I said studies and make thyself approved. Because now you know more where you fit in to this misfit world. Because <laughs> this world is there to do you in if you don't understand the rules and regulations to it. God has rules and regulations. He's authority for a reason. He got to be here for a reason. For those that don't know the law, that breaks the law. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know God's law, then you don't know the law. Now, the law is there to take care of you if you break the law. But once you understand God's law, you no longer need a tutor or a teacher because you know what he's talking about. Yeah, for. but
2: what if you know, okay, the the, the, the the law, okay, you're saying the ones that is here on the earth doing
7: the earthly law. Mm-hmm.
2: It, what if that law is inconsistent with the same law that was in for the earth. And they said to us, if you don't do the law, we're going to take and break your house up, tear you up, and throw you away. And and you're saying, well, what about y'all? The justice system. What about y'all? The children's services system. Well, what about the false appeal? What y'all covering up it's for? It's
8: man made laws. They say, do as I say, not as I do.
2: That's a lie.
8: That's where it turns to, though.
2: Justice.
8: Just Just us. (laughs) Just us. Uh We're the ones who are being downgraded. Just us. The poor, the black, the the Mexicans, some whites. all of them. The nots. That's what it is. The people who don't have enough money to pay off their greedy pockets. Uh That's the whole thing about the whole jurisdiction system, the the children's services. They don't care where they stick a child at because they get money. Uh Uh-huh. They make more money off of, of, of mm-hmm. us than they make off of anything. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if we don't understand who we are and what we represent, it take our own and it takes a nation. It takes a whole village to raise a child sometimes. Absolutely. Sometimes you got to help right. other ones. If you see it out there, you got to speak on them and help them. Because if you don't do it, then they're just going to be lost and they're going to be mad. You know? Then their children's going to be lost. So if I, myself, don't talk to somebody who I see making a mistake and mm-hmm. try to show them the right way, then I'm going to be held accountable for when I know...
2: As well. well, thank you for that, uh, dark side. You know, that's good information, and that's true to the word, for real. And over here, Brenda, uh, okay, now, he, he's talking about, uh, you know, laws, and he's talking about, uh, you know, accountability here, and he's talking about even outcomes. Talk to us a little bit about responsibility, accountability, and outcomes.
7: It don't matter where you start, just start. <laughs> okay, thank you, everybody, Miss Once again, the focus on accountability and outcomes, which is a third factor in of, of the, I'm tongue-tied tonight this as well. Hey,
2: it's all right.
7: We don't <laughs> good blog talk. <laughs> we got a blog bleep every now and then. Go ahead which I've stated, a third factor in the evolution of the differential response system is the growing interest in establishing accountability for agency action, beginning with the passages of the 1994 amendments to the Social Security Act. Uh We got to get into it a little bit last week's segment. We talked a little bit about it, but it all goes into the differential response system that they're trying to change. Over to from the traditional response practice that they were doing. The limitation of traditional practice is mm-hmm. where they're trying to get out of. It. Right. Okay. As long as they stay in traditional practice, they have limited resources of their own, which limitates what they can do to help others. Mm-hmm. They don't want to share that with anybody. Right. right. They don't want to seem a failure of themselves. Okay,
2: so what you're saying here, let me see if I got this right. You're saying the system itself, even though they, they, are, they are to be held accountable for, you know, the things that happen to our children in their systems, okay, but yet even though they have these acts or policies or procedures, that not all the time are they are they are they uh, able to <laughs> well are they able to uh, allow those things to actually happen? It's like real world stuff uh, where 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 children and parents, if they don't learn this information on their own, it will never get out because the whole idea is to leave the parents or suspect foster parents uh, lack. Of that knowledge so that if mistakes are made you know they can use the intervention law to say oh we didn't know that this was supposed to happen but they had it all along exactly. oh now I see well okay
1: now I'm gonna let
2: you good listeners out there on the Lord Miss Clark blog talk radio show reflect on the information that we just About the talk that we just had, and we're going to take this short, brief uh, 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 pause for the cause, and then we're going to bring somebody online that's actually going through it, whether it's foster parent, I told you, or with other family members. We'll be right back, right here on Lardy Miss Clarity on Blog Talk Radio. We call I call him Wyland, but it's Island, poet. You know it's all right. You know the things that we go through in our daily lives, trying to love our families and trying to keep everybody, you know, from blowing up. You know it's it, it's a crazy feeling, you know, to be out of your environment, and we need to also breathe. You know, it's this it's so hot up in here, I'm sweating, but I am back. And I want to say to you that people, whatever you're going through out there with children's services, I feel you. And I have sitting right here with me and my company as we speak, her name is Karen Domingo. And she has been fighting Child Protective Services right here in Columbus, Ohio, going on, what, 10 years? Year after year after year, I can say that I have witnessed it. I have been with her to see it. But she is coming on to tell you her story. And so that you can get a sneak preview or either a movie review that can go uh, in GM any minute. But she can show enough show you that there is some type of abuse going on in our judicial system. And even when it comes to the judicial system, CPS, handing over your children to your family members. So I am going to introduce you to Karen Domingo. She's a mother of two. She is, she is in college. And she's studying to become something great big. And she's right here, right now, with her true story and her experience on what we're talking about this evening. Here you go, Karen. Give it to them. them know
9: what you know and what's going on. (laughs) Well, thank you, Lardy McClardy. I'm glad to have you on the show, girl. Thank you. It is a pleasure to Mm -hmm. be on your show.
2: I'm glad to have you.
9: Oh, well, first of all, all praises be to our father, creator, and I just wanted to say that um, I am here. I'm originally from California, born and raised San Francisco, came by way of Portland, Oregon, through the Billy Graham crusade, where my mother was um, one of the uh, administrators for that, and they had relocated us here to Columbus, Ohio. We were living in Hilliard at the time where my young sister, had attended their high school. We ended up staying for such a big move across the United States. Not having any other family members here or friends of that sort, um, I felt like this was a truly a big move in itself and was not prepared to go through the things that I have gone through being here all these years. Mm-hmm. And um, what has really been um, more Painful is the fact that I've had to go through so much of this through my own mother. Mm -hmm. Um, With her even stealing my identity in terms of my social security number. And how young Um, were you at that time? How young were you? All I know, I could have been a baby, Mm. you know, on up. That's another story, y'all, but you know, (laughs) hey, we're telling it. (laughs) So I'm just looking at in terms of the fact that she did use my social security number along with my name um, to get... um, Utilities and stuff put in, um, you know, in her name and, and stuff in my name, and she took out credit cards, maxed them out to where I ended up having to file bankruptcy shortly after we moved here. It put me into low income, in, low income housing,
5: mm-hmm.
9: and um, so just the fact that I had uh, that background right,
5: alone, there, right there in the right.
9: abuse and, uh, I guess, financial abuse
2: in this case, yes. you know, from your own parents. But we want to know, how did you get into children's services here in Columbus, Ohio? What happened uh, shortly, you know, briefly here, what happened uh, to have children's services in your life and allow and for the judicial system and child protective services to then hand your children
9: over to your mother? Well, like I stated, due to the fact that uh, I had already had to file bankruptcy, at the hand of my mother, um, which forced me into low-income housing. Um, shortly after I had my daughter, by cesarean, we were involved in a car accident,
5: mm-hmm.
9: which had caused me to suffer some um, injuries along with my children. Mm-hmm. Even though we made it out, thank God, I was not prepared to have my mother lie to the police as well as children's services mm-hmm. that there was no utilities in my home, no food, mm-hmm. my children were sleeping on the floor, and that me and their father at the time was probably on crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. Because they mm-hmm. had to do an investigation, they verified that I did have utilities in my home, mm-hmm. but they had to come out to my home. Okay, I was not aware of this only under the fact that my mother and sister stated that this is what they were going to do. How old was you at the time when they did this to you? I want to say about 25. Oh, so you were More a young woman And you're not knowing about right. the system right. at the time. Go That's ahead. No criminal record, no fire, anything. So you feel like test. it was false allegations at this point? That's correct. Okay, well, continue. Um, as a result of children's services coming out of my home, um, I was coming From a pay phone, which was actually not even a good foot away from my home. And uh, the police were called out, two police officers that I know of, and a caseworker from Children's Services was actually in my home. They did not have a warrant or anything. Um, They did not even tell me of my rights. And I've looked now, um, I know that I was totally violated of my rights, parental wise and constitutional. Um, they did not remove my children. Mm-hmm. They did. They stated that they were going to speak with the supervisor with uh, Children's mm-hmm, Services mm-hmm. and basically see where this case were to go. Okay. Um, shortly after that, I get a call from Children's Services stating that they have now taken custody of my children. That they're considered a ward of the state and where. Oh, whoa. Thank you. Now. Now, the question is,
2: how did you come to that conclusion to taking your kids and an investigation wasn't finished? Is Thank this you. what
9: you're saying? Yes, and okay, not to mention, um like I stated, my rights were totally violated, nor did i um was I served properly. Mm-hmm. um they ended up having a rushed hearing. Um, through children's services and getting a, a magistrate to sign off that they could not locate either parent and that because of the um, Intel of everything that the charges were some I'm saying the assumption okay um, They were able to say that this is reason why we're taking her children. okay So away. the reason why they took your children
2: because they could not locate you
9: which was a lie, okay
2: Tell us why was that a lie. I need to know
9: that. Tell because us why that's a lie. the had my arrest, and they were at my house. When, when, I, they, came, when they first did the initial investigation that's that
2: right. they had not finished. That's correct. So why do you think, Karen, that they uh, wanted your children and then to uh,
9: send them over to your mom? Because my mom was at the helm of all of this she lied to children services what did she lie about she lied about everything she lied to the police about what the fact that um she was in fear or of her grandchildren why stating that she felt that i had no utilities in my home Uh that i had no food that my children were sleeping on the floor i know that
2: this is tough on you i can see the tears welling up in your eyes But, baby, you know, this is where you get all your frustration out, right here, because people need to hear, you know, this this testimony, this this story that you're telling. So I I know that it's hurtful, but, you know, I might dig a little bit deep, but take a breath, come on with it, because, see, people need to know that, you know, uh, it doesn't just happen. Services and the judicial system just only don't just only just only come into people's lives because they're abused. But sometimes they do make major mistakes when false allegations are being spoken against the parent and the parent don't have no support or resources to get a lawyer, you're in poverty, you ain't got no money, you own welfare, whatever that it is, and they know this and they take advantage of you, number one, because you was lack of knowledge of right. your
9: rights at the right. time. Go on, baby. Uh, the fact that she, she lied about all of it, um, whether they had to investigate it or not, Um, That right there in itself was a hard blow to take because I looked at this was supposed to be my mother who raised me, who gave birth to me, and I never would have foreseen this coming from her or anybody else. I I can understand. And I did not know how to fight because this was my mother, and I was taught to respect her.
2: It's all right, baby. Go on ahead and get your tear on. You know, because they people need to feel what you're going through. They need to feel it. I mean, because it's what it is. It's what it is, what it is. Listen, I've been there. I've been through the same turmoil. I wish I had somebody that would have given me a chance to speak up and speak out about it. And it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. You you going ahead and do the grieving because you are still without your children 10 years later. And I have watched you all while helping you through the NAACP, I ain't got nothing bad to say about nobody, but I will say there are some services that are definitely not working for the people. Right. Okay, I ain't talking bad about nobody, but my tenure and time of being in agencies and services that are that, that out there advocating that's supposed to do, they don't do the job correctly or they are lacking skill themselves for the reason why the services do not work properly for the community and their family. So, you know, basically, you know, from losing your children and you walk in this system for 10 years fighting by yourself because no lawyer will help you. Because you ain't got the finances, number one. And number two, you have been made to stand up because even the lawyers are not standing up correctly. That's correct. So we even talk about services that the judicial system provides for us through their services are also failing the families in the community, especially when it's dealing with child protective services. I'm not going to take it no further. I'm going to let you speak because, see, you know, I give my little talk off and I don't know when to quit. So
9: carry on. Uh, the main thing is, um, The fact that I felt it was a lie that stuck, regardless to how it was originated, it was a lie that Mm -hmm, stuck. mm -hmm. And because I, being no, you know, didn't have any support, and for this to be my mother across the courtroom Mm -hmm. from me was almost as if to say, well, if her mother. Is saying all these bad things mm-hmm, about her, mm-hmm. they must be true. Right. Because this is her mother. Mm-hmm, she would know. Mm-hmm. And so it just felt like I was totally without, you know, any type of, you know, say or right. And um, I just totally felt violated, all of that. And right, I just right. did not know where to go. And in terms of, as you spoke of, going through all these different services mm-hmm, and agencies, mm-hmm, I felt like I've tried everybody within the 10 years of. Fighting. Hey, I've been working I mean, with you. legal aid to NAACP, ACLU, uh, the bar association, literally- all these different private attorneys. I don't care from what stream of I've to the Supreme Court. It's been kicked out based on the technicality of the clerk filing it as a, a an appeal. It's of an objection, uh-huh. I mean it's just like all these different terminologies that I wasn't aware of I've had to now learn, okay, reading their law books, absolutely trying to understand their section codes and stuff to understand what happened to me, uh-huh. and now that I see uh-huh. why I was totally violated, I know I have a true legitimate case against the state of Ohio and Columbus and every agency underneath it because they are the ones. Who allowed this to go on? They got paid off and they're still withholding my children from me, and I want everything back that was paid. Not just my babies. I've Understand lost my home. It. I've lost hey, my car. That's I've, what lost my to too, I've lost my job. I've lost every benefit that I had yes, that I was entitled alone. to. Mm-hmm. They, it's like they have a black mark next mm-hmm. to my name, and I want everything that this state took from me. I mean that. And my mom, if she's going to mm-hmm. be held accountable along with them, God rest and peace, you know bless her, but I'm just looking at it. What was done was wrong, and I want my baby back. Well, you know what, uh, Karen, I want to thank
2: you for sharing that information with me. I'm going to come back to you again here in a few. I want to go on to a break and let that simmer, and we'll be back to do more about Karen's, of uh, uh, Karen's life of uh, dealing with Child Protective Services right here in Columbus, Ohio. And I also want to say. That if there's anybody out there that's got some information to help this young lady, or anybody that's out there that has information, because this young lady, ten years, she should be a lawyer all by herself as a pro se litigant. So, you know, again, there are there are we 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 need we need somebody out there that's gonna do something. So, if you got a comment or view on this, call in at the. Guest call-in number at 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And if you don't have no time on your cell phone or you ain't got no phone, call in toll-free at 1-877-483-3153. That number again is one 877 483 3-1-5-7. We'll be right back on the Lordy Miss Party on Blog Talk Radio Show. clarity on blog talk radio back at you right here live from columbus ohio and that was an untitled song that you were hearing but it was just for your easy easy listening after listening to this heartfelt story that karen had to talk about and we're going to bring her back on but for now we're going to place this over into the light is right brenda you know, to 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 point out a few things or a category that this young lady has fallen through the cracks in, okay? And we're gonna hear something a little bit from the dark side as well. So Brenda, uh, okay, now you just heard the story, and we ain't finished with the story. We just beginning, but you know, he, at hearing what has just been stated this evening, uh, what do we have in our you know that can contribute to show where she falls in line, the line of a category of traditional service.
7: Of course, after hearing the testimony that she just shared with us, it kind of got me kind of sucked up here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she falls into the category of the limitations of traditional CPS practice, which which is basically what we. They talked about a little earlier on about the services that they they were not able to provide correctly. They were doing improper investigations mm-hmm. because they Absolutely. didn't have they didn't have all the stuff in place that should have been already in place, or that they had an
2: unexperienced or unskilled caseworker
7: exactly with. With that being recognized now, as we moving into the 21st century, that's why there's been a growing interest in differential response. With uh, with differential response, they are taking a bigger, uh, wider range focus on accountability and outcomes, mm-hmm. which basically that is part of the Social Security Act and it, uh, is taking an introduction to the child family service mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the heightened awareness within the child welfare community mm-hmm. that work mm-hmm. with the child.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: Okay, so the measure that is against the outcomes of the safety, the permanency of the child well-being is that the family of the initial round of reviews indicate serious deficiencies. Mm-hmm. So they know it's not like that. They don't acknowledge that there are some changes that do need to be made. It's just that being as citizens. We allowed things to go on long because we so not to well speak out. Absolutely. And you know, three,
2: because so so few of us citizens actually get up and go and find the truth are the only ones that can actually stand up and tell the story or or to stand up and defend. Or if it takes, if all else fails, become a lawyer, pro se wise, to go and litigate the case, hoping that there be a fair judge or somebody in that system that's listening to the case Mm -hmm. that will see that there has been some type of foul play. Okay, whether it is, you know, a child talking about, you know, foster parent done, done something wrong and they have to still do the same investigation. The same way they investigate, you know, a parent or, you know, wherever the child is in a family dynamic, the point of it is is that the investigation should not shift and change to its liking in order to fit its own cause and, and outcomes of measure or for financial reasons. So we believe that, you know, even though that, uh, there is a good and a bad side to our justice system. The point of it is is that our justice system still needs to be fixed. Even the Child Protective Services, they need fixing too because they don't all the time go by the law, and they just ship people in because uh, people, you know, it's just like, you know, hiring, and they quit. And so they have this overage of people or, or, or what they call a revolt, Door, a high turnover, of, of needing workers to sustain the amount of need that comes from the community. And I feel as though that it is a deep subject here. You know, even me, it turns and tolls with me because I told you in the beginning, starting last week with my story, where I've been with the system 23 years. Not only was I working in the system, but then I have been also on the other side of the tracks. And also, when being given given services to the community, I have not only just been a welfare recipient. Sorry if it come out that that bold, but I was a welfare recipient, and I am now on Social Security. But the point of it is, is that I ain't disabled to know the difference between right and wrong, and who is doing something wrong or right, right. to me, and I have a right to stand up for myself. And so, therefore. For people that that know how to gain the knowledge, you know, how to go seek it, you know, and they won't allow it, and and, and they ain't going to wait for somebody to come do it for them. This is the same way as you, as the hearers that are out there that's listening to this show, need need to get active, proactive. Because it is important, it is your right, and the same thing with the foster parents. I'm, I'm not either on one side or the other, but just let's say this: that both sides need to be looked at, and both sides need some fixing, and the laws need to be changed so that the law is fair for both sides, not one side, just only for the halves that is. So you know, I am. Going to take it back to you Brenda and you you finish up you know I told you I'm the type that you don't hey um I get to talking, in and I, you know what I'm saying I'll get going cuz I'm all red my blood is boiling you know hearing what I'm hearing and and this is this is request from people that want that wanted to talk about this thing I don't see nobody out there that's trying to call in either if you call in I don't see you but
7: so call in go ahead Brenda okay Wendy I also would like to finish uh going through- the fact of of trying to separate the the wheat from the tear. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> we can we can call it that. Okay. 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 The traditional practice uh, that I've read on, on about, as far as when the judicial when once getting involved with the judicial system, uh-huh. they never did. The judicial system itself does not do an investigation. Mm-hmm. To say whether they need to send it over to
5: CPS.
7: Mm-hmm. Great. How to make me throw this over to CPS? and hmm How CPS to handle the situation the way they
0: need
7: fit? Okay. So, in other words, but then when a lawsuit come up,
2: and I have have the money to pay a lawyer to sue the crowd of who sent the kids to in the, the services they got nothing to do but oblige it. You know, on a hush note, silence of the lamb, they can call it. Or, you know, covering it up with, you know, a blanket of silence that they get to sue, okay, due to from everybody coming into the suit, okay? Or, and the judicial system, when it's time for the other side of the clock, which is CPS, is on the stand to be looked at the judicial system, they turn a blind eye and, and, and say they ain't doing nothing, okay, to protect their own, to protect from everybody from getting in on the suit. Is that what that is? That, that's basically what it's driving
7: up.
2: Okay, well, you know, hey, we got to find out how to get in because we need what you would call a, uh, what kind of suit is that that's called? You know, you doing five or more people. Um, come on now. Don't let me sit up and forget. Can Don't act. No, that's not it. Um. Oh shoot. Never no, get but, on to. This. Oh, a civil. No, it's it's a civil suit, all right. You know, but it, it's a class action law? lawsuit because there are people out there. Jesus Christ. I, this is the Blog Talk Radio show, y'all. It's not that I'm tongue tied. It's just that I got a lot on my mind.
9: Right.
2: Okay. You know, but nevertheless. You know, for a class action lawsuit, people, you know, all those that have been hurt out there by the system need to come together in order to do a class action. Now, the lawyers are get in on that, okay, because there's five or more of you that's, that's been hurt by the system. And, you know, there's a lot of money that can come up out of that. So, you know, that's another area, too. Brenda, I thank you very much for that information that you just gave because, see, that that explains why but what does children's service in the judicial system have in common with families that face abuses, it, whether it's foster parents or the family dynamics itself? Okay? Bernard.
8: Yeah.
2: Which is the side. Yes. Now, you heard the story. Mm-hmm. What you think?
8: Well, I'm angry at the story because, you know, for somebody to turn against a child like that, no matter what, because you love for better or for worse, but at the same time you step in and you fix it, situation instead of putting it in the hands of somebody else unless it was just on some envious and mad type stuff and just didn't want to raise the babies so i I'm really touched by that one because that right there was not right, but God said it's gonna be he's gonna make a way out of nowhere way and she's gonna get her babies back and everything else mm-hmm, you know, everything mm-hmm. she deserves she's gonna get those that are last shall finish first
2: well I, well I thank you very much. you know we got a caller that's online about time. It's about time somebody got something to say. Caller, you are on the line and we're about ready to put you on here so that you can um so you can get on. Let's see what's going on here. Hold on here. Uh oh, I gotta figure out how the dang go. I think it's coming on now. I hope. Just hold the line. Okay, caller. Caller of area code 614-1351. You are on the air on the Lordy Myth Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Tell us something. Uh,
4: children's services is good, and children's services uh, is not perfect, but um, it's there for a good reason. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
4: And, um, sometimes the... Case workers misassess a situation, yes, and they, they make a judgment uh, based on their mistake. Sometimes it's uh, not as overwhelming as it uh, may look because okay. they don't they don't live with the family. But uh, and, and, and again, they have to take precautions because they don't live with them and don't know there may be some underlying. Uh, dangers that may hurt the kids or the uh may hurt the kids in general.
0: Right, so right. Um
4: it's a fifth it's a shaky, shaky situation. I was in um children's services all my life.
2: Well come uh, on from come a on. from a
4: baby from a baby Come uh, on, sweetheart. From a baby up and I had a real good time, okay? I had there was no issues no issues, no problems at all. We were well taken care of. But that's not the case with every family that takes foster children.
2: But you know so, what, baby? I want to ask you a question. You know, because there are some good foster parents, or very good, yeah, that are out there. No denial of that. But when a situation come up where you know a child is is not being regarded within. System, whether it is from on the parent side or and children's Services is dealing with that versus judicial system dealing with that. Where does accountability lie at? Because somebody got to be accountable for something when they do harm. I'm not saying that is in your case, but let's look at it from other people's cases too. That may not have as such as good as you had had it, you know. And that's a that's a great thing to hear that because at least people know. Just like I said, is the system all bad? No, you're absolutely right. And it's a good thing that you did not go through harm being in the foster care. Give us some accountability of what we can do, you know, to, to hold them accountable when they is doing something that they uh forgot to do or or don't know how to do.
4: The um thing I say is, um here's the well one of the problems is Uh, Children's Services is so protected uh, within. So because they're they're so protected, uh, when you accuse their caseworkers and assessors of wrongdoing or something, they are so protected uh, they basically can and do often get away with uh, bad decisions that cause problems into the family. Because they're so protected. Uh, so the, uh, the overseers, the uh, ones that are the supervisors, uh, need to not play favorites uh, to their subordinates and actually um, take a neutral stand
3: mm-hmm. when there's a
4: negative situation and actually uh, process out what is, what happened, what was. And just because you liked a certain social worker or a caseworker, and you've been known them for ten years, and they've been so good to you in this system,
5: uh, uh, something uh-huh.
4: comes something comes up. They're so protected that uh, that that shield should not be there when an issue comes up. It should be wide open. What happened?
2: Right. And we're well, going to
4: and we're going to and we're uh, going to stair step it, uh, step by step, step by step, step by step, until we get a true Picture of what all happened, went on, went down, and that's the way it should be. Should be no favoritism when you're dealing with people's kids.
2: Absolutely, and on I,
4: any level, on any level.
2: I, I, t- I totally agree with you there, and you know what? And I can I can validate exactly what you were saying because I like I told the the, the people before last week, and I'll do it again as I've done it twice already now. Is that I was a uh, a young teen with Five children in a system for 23 years, working on one side as kids in different systems, uh, parent mentor, and then on the other side being decked out half to death, you know, at, at going through their red tape just to get the kids back. Now, yeah. but it did learn me something. And as you, as being a system child yourself, and we can view eye to eye here. Um, You know, you learn a lot about that system when you are in the system because you can learn all of the techniques and tactics that is being used that you can use and give the information to the layman that are actually going through it from on the outside because then you're able to help uh, walk, you know, the families through the process so they won't be uh, seeing anything coming, you know, blindsiding them or anything. But you're absolutely right. I certainly appreciate your comment. And I appreciate you being on the Lardy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show. And that's you, a man, a male, a male.
4: Yeah. Danny Wade podcast. is my name. My name absolutely. is Danny Wait. Wade.
2: Danny Wade. My friend, yes. Sir. Oh, well, now. <laughs> <How> the, listen, <laughs> I, I got the posse with us today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we want to say, hey, Danny.
3: Hey, Danny.
2: I got my hey, host, <laughs> hey, side. Hey, and what's up? got you know, the dark side.
6: Here's Bernard. And we got <laughs> Bernard. And we yeah.
2: have the other co-host, which is Brenda. The light is right. Brenda, you got something to say to him? You know, because I think that, you know, it's nice to hear a man step up, a male, from out of that system. You know, because it's important that not only women and young women are in that system, but there are young men that's in that system
4: too. Oh, yeah. There's NFL players that were uh, foster children.
5: And And I like
4: NBA players that uh, were foster
5: children. I like that,
2: Daddy. Keep talking. This is Tyrone.
4: Males. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is Tyrone. uh, Yeah, there are some top dogs that were males, that are males, that were in the uh, system. That are doing good, so.
2: Well, that's good. I want you to uh, take a a, a a shout out with uh, Tyrone Island
6: Small's here. Tyrone.
5: Tyrone.
4: How what's up, Tyrone?
5: Hey,
6: how you, how you doing, Mister
4: Hey, what's uh, up, Tyrone?
6: I just like to say this, you know, out of the things you've been through through your lifetime, I just have to let the audience know that you are an outstanding man. I remember when uh. We was little, and uh, you came up to us after we were African twins and everything. But, uh, oh, I got
3: that <laughs> That's nothing, that's
6: nevertheless. But you stepped up to us when we was young, and uh, you took us on and was our mentor. And oh, man. we've been yes, looking sir. up to you for years, and uh, I'm glad that you called. And when I Thank heard your you. voice, I was like, man, you sound familiar. But I have to tell you, Danny Wade, it's a blessing to know you, and it's to keep doing the things you're doing, man, and keep looking out for other people's kids and everything else. Nice. You're blessed, and
8: Danny, nice. I told you. You already Thank know. You. I told you what's going down. You've been a Sunday school teacher since I was seven years old, bro. So I love you, and I'm getting you involved with everything that's going on because you've, been like, a, you've been like a big brother. You know, you know I ain't going to sit there and no, lie. Bernard about nothing. <laughs> I'm the dark side, but the dark side is trying to find the light. You
4: are not the dark side. You are, you, 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 you are uh, an experienced person. You're, you're a well-rounded person.
5: Absolutely. And everything,
4: you, all your experiences bring light, so you're not on the Absolutely. dark
5: side. Okay,
4: dark can't Absolutely. bring lightness.
5: Dark can't bring light,
4: period. Lightness, that's the wrong word, but darkness Absolutely. cannot bring light. You bring light to people.
7: Absolutely. With that's your experiences
4: why and your words and stuff, Bernard, so you're not dark. You're not in the dark.
2: Well, that's why we call him Dark Side of Criminal Justice, because... Over on criminal justice side, there is no light, and he is coming to bring the light in yes. darkness. So that's why <laughs> we call him the dark side on criminal justice. And so, you know, I want to thank you, Mr. Wade, again, for, you know, uh, giving me your comments. You're welcome. And, you know, I am very, very proud to have met you, even though it's over online, streaming that's live on radio. But I'm hoping that you are satisfied with the show and talk. I am. It. You know, I mean, because we have good information to send out there for those that that are going through and that need this information, and as many as live people that have experience, yes. hands-on experience in I'll areas that we bring. You know, it's, it's it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very so, much. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, take this break, and then I'm gonna bring my sister Karen back on the show, because she's got to finish up what we started, which is her story of being in children's services.
4: All right. Y'all have a good time, and thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, and would you please just listen in? You know what I'm saying? Listen to to what the sister got to say, because she's in need. She's hurting, and she can't get her kids out of that system. They got them all locked down. Ten years she's been running after her kids as pro se, and I am witness to it because I've worked for various agencies that's supposed to have services that help people like her. For instance, NAACP. Uh, I can name a few others, but I ain't going no further. But just to <laughs> say that some services, and you the one that's providing the service, and can't help. But you fighting for the same right for that person or family or, or individual to have, and you can't get back up, so I'm wrong. So we'll be back. Keep listening in. Give us a review. Put somebody on the show, whatever you think you want to do, but we'll be right back in a few okay. minutes.
5: Thank, Thank you. you, Mr. Wade. Right. Right?
4: Yeah. I can help. probably help that lady out. Hello? i <laughs>
0: Thank
2: services and the system got a hold of me for 23 years. I had to build up what was broke down. And I'm glad that God was on my side, you know, to help build my self-esteem. I consider that song a uh, song from God to me about me and how I should feed myself because anybody that's with God is better than money and good as jam. So, you know, we are here to speak again on the subject of what do you believe that abuse happens in children's services, foster care, or with, you know, other parents that the children are residing with. And I want to say to you that I apologize for, for all of those that's out there that probably was trying to get in, and at the time I didn't know how to get it going on on this switchboard. Uh, I had to get some help from Blog Talk themselves in order to work this switchboard correct. So I was glad that I got at least a caller at this, at this time. And so we got another caller, but I want you to stand by right there because it's a good thing, a good thing, a good thing that you are on the line. So just hold your horses. I will get with you. I just want to bring Karen back onto the air so that she could finish her story about what happened to her in children's services. Karen, we're getting back to you. I know we had fun all the way through, and there was tears and emotions roaring. But we got to get back to how we're going to be able to get you some help, sister. And this is why we are on the Lordy Miss Cardi Blog Talk Radio Show. There's somebody out there that can listen. And so after you get finished telling your testimony, I want you to give some information out where somebody can get in contact with you, okay? That way that somebody knows how to contact you, okay? So getting back to your children been, in, well, been with, your, with your mother for 10 years and you've been racking your brain trying to get your children back for 10 years and I've walked away. With you, in order to know that this is true. So, in the end, here, where are you standing with all of this?
9: Um. <clears throat> okay. Right now, um, as it stands, um, the case has been um, closed in the sense of with children are for the past six, seven years. Because once they gave legal custody over to my mother, they closed out the case. Mm -hmm. Where they were supposed to be um, doing reunification, that was never done. Right. The truth of the matter is that the case never should have been open to begin with. Absolutely. Um, And why is that it shouldn't have been open to the beginning? Because I never committed a crime. I never did anything to harm my children. And they haven't finished the investigation yet, really. Correct. Go ahead. And since all of the uh, accusations were based on a lie that stuck, um, that's why I said um, my rights were totally violated, parental and constitutional. I never received due process in terms of what I should have been given uh-huh. from the very beginning. Right, very beginning. And had I been truly given my rights, I would have known from junk that they had the right to even say that they were going to with, you know, remove my children. Right. Because... No basis to remove my children Absolutely. from we my understand. home. We understand. And for them to say that my children were considered a ward of the state, Ooh. I was asking questions, and I have still asked to this day how did you take away legal custody from me when I never signed off on anything? I never gave away my rights. Right. And when I'm looking at when I gave birth to both of my children, they stamped their feet, they put the bracelet on their mm-hmm. anklets mm-hmm. and the bracelet on me. Showing the identity of this child that right, was from. Right. How Not many parents old, okay? feel like that? Yes. I'm looking at when they brought around those forms, they had birth certificate, social security card, mm-hmm. paternity form, mm-hmm. or affidavit, or you know, stuff to show about this child. Not one form in there did it state in, in regards to you having legal custody of your child. And I asked that to many judges. Or attorney. How is it that the state was able to take away legal custody? Well, this was not a document that was presented when I gave birth to this child. So if I was supposed to obtain custody of my child, how come this was not a record or something that I knew Right. A crime? Right. And if that was the case, How how were they able to take something like that away?
2: Right. Uh, And And so that's
9: why I said all of this was based on a lie.
2: That is a very good question.
9: Absolutely. And and they don't have anything out there that states that.
7: Because Mm -hmm. as you brought that up, I was running past Wendy the other day in regards to if, and just taking away from your situation for a minute, if there was, like, say, uh, a domestic violence case going up against someone, Mm -hmm. and one of the parents. Chooses to take off the other. If the um, if say the uh, the cops were called, the police officer were called, to get involved. If they they would not treat that as a case of kidnap
5: hmm.
7: because they what they say that the parent, which is the mother that the child's always been living with, mm-hmm. they they throw it off. I wonder if it's a glitch within the system mm-hmm, itself mm-hmm. because they they make a statement mm-hmm. saying that. Both parents need to have shown parental rights. Right. Okay, once you give birth to a child, right. that is your parental right okay. as the, the parent, the right. legal guardian.
2: Okay. Back to you, Karen. Yes. Uh, you got two minutes, and then we have to put this collar on because the collar is waiting to tell a comment or view here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, finish on, baby.
9: Um, basically, all I'm saying is that it was a lie that stuck, and I've been fighting to get them back. And um, the fact that I um, never received um, visitations with my children, even though these were court ordered. My mother has been in contempt of court, has have even been found guilty to be in contempt of court where the magistrate never charged her or fined her. And that was part of their law that states if you're found guilty, you're either getting 30 to 50 or 90 days in jail or there's the fine, or both. Well, I didn't understand how this magistrate was able to say he didn't know what to do, threw up his hands, because he knew if he had found her guilty, it would have then reflected on his decision for ultimately giving my children to her to absolutely, with. and absolutely. he was the one in fault of that as well. Right. And did not find her guilty and dismissed the case altogether.
5: Hmm. So hmm. I don't understand mm-hmm.
9: how you have magistrates doing those type of decisions on the bench Right. and that's letting you know that they're just sweeping stuff under the rug as long as they can cover it that's up what we and feel like, well, you can't go well, against me. Absolutely.
2: And this is what we need to find out. How can we hold that system called CPS and judicial system, which work hand in hand, accountable for what they do to families that don't deserve this type of treatment, whether it is abuse or what A reunification plan is supposed to be in place to reunify a kid back home to its parent once that parent has been rehabbed, whatever they want to call it. But in the case of where there's investigations and nothing has been stated in the investigation or wasn't finished or they come up with another idea, that's another trend to look at in terms of what can we do to make them accountable for things like this because Ultimately, the mother, mothers, or parents that have these children, they love their children. They want their children. And to go 10 years, uh, you know, standing on the outside looking in at another parent, whether it's mama, brother, sister, it's your baby, your children, yeah. to be on the outside looking in and they are, you know, taking care of your kid and trying to keep you from your child, right. that's something to reckon with. So, caller, I am going to have you on the Lardy Miss Cardi Block Talk Radio to sh- share your view or your comments. So, I'm going to talk to you from the area code of six one four, last digits nine one one eight. You are on the line. Just one second here while we get you on. You are on the air. Speak to us.
1: Hi, Miss Miss Cardi. This is Shannon. How are you? Well, hello, Shannon. Hey, Shannon.
2: Welcome to the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk Radio Show. Glad to have you on, sis. Talk
1: to us. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I just wanted to really call in and just say that I support the sister who's been fighting this fight for her baby. Yeah. And one of the last thing you just said was talking about who is being held accountable. And Absolutely. really, that's the part that, you know, we have to stand up as a community. And hold these agencies, these systems, hold them accountable to do what needs to be done. And, you know, it means that sometimes we have to do more than just talk. Sometimes we have to come together and we have to take action in order to see something done. As I said, a class action lawsuit looked good. Exactly, exactly.
2: And, And using due process laws. Because that's where it's happening at. Go ahead. Anything else you want to say to us, Shannon? I'm certainly glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you're supporting Karen, just like I am too. We all know what's yes, going we on. We just need more people to stand up, speak up, and speak out yes, about this. Me and not be afraid because everybody's going through, just like the gentleman, Mr. Wade, that got on the line, and he spoke up being that he was in the system with children's services all his life, although he was treated very, very well, but, oh, he know the system all too well.
1: I I agree, and, you know, the the thing that I would like to just have all the listeners who are listening to here is that we need to start coming together. You know, when we're in, the, when we're by ourselves, it's so easy for us to get discouraged, for them to use fear tactics and all of those things to make us stop, yes. to make us just be yes. passive and not do anything because we feel like we're alone. But we need you to understand that we are not alone, you are not alone, and together and so we so can do not, something okay. to change these things. It's going yes. to take all of us to make a change.
2: Yes. I agree. I agree. I thank you, Shannon, for your comment on this show. And believe me, this is not going to go without ears listening to this particular segment. We plan to do a next segment on this, as because we're doing a focus on this, because we need to find out what it is that we can do to 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 find solutions to hold accountable this. this Building a protective system and helping families to become a little more open-minded and, and stress their laws a little bit for those that don't need to be in the system or held away from their families. But I am going to, uh, actually, I am going to go to the next phase here because we have Tyrone Island Small, the poet, that have a few verbal thoughts in terms of, you know, a reflection here. So, you know, sit tight, listen, and uh, enjoy, you know, the poetry. So thank you very much, Caller Shannon, that is, for calling in, and we will be in contact, girl. It's good hearing from you.
6: Good evening, good evening, everybody. Um, it's been a touchy subject and a good subject, you know, the uh, awareness that's been brought out and brought uh, to focus and everything. Um, I'm about to read a, a few pieces of poetry for you guys tonight, and the um, first one's entitled True to You. With the sound of the rain, I'll come. With every beat of my heart, I'll come again for you. I'll come running, running, running. Running to you. With every whisper in the wind, I'll pray for you. With every second of the day, my thoughts will cling to you. I'll be thinking, praying, hoping that God will see you through. With every midnight star, I'll make a wish for you. When you're lonely in the dark, my love, I'll reach for you. As long as you're away, until my dying day, my love will always stay true to you. This one's entitled, Mother. Mother, you are the world to me, so thank you for washing my face and putting band-aids on my knees. Thank you for the breakfasts in the morning and getting me off to school. I thank you for it was something that you didn't have to do. Many mothers disregard their children. In their hearts, they just don't care. But you have shown me so much love, and you have taught me how to share You've taught me everything, you've taught me how to stand, on my words, on God's promises. Man, now I understand. As I'm writing you this letter, tears are forming in my eyes. Thank you. Thank God. Now I feel you were wise. So I'm sending you these words to you because I know you care, and I thank you for being my mom and always being there. That was dedicated to all the mothers who have been through, who have been focusing on keeping their children, raising their children, teaching their children, cleaning their children, feeding their children. For all those dedicated mothers, we send out God's blessings to you. And all those mothers who are going through, God is with you. And this one is called, No, You Can't Stop Me. No, they can't stop me. They can't stop my wrath. The more I think about it, the more it makes me laugh. After all these things that this country has put me through, I'm not going to stop until I'm on the top you. Like cheese or a piece of bread, come see, think things going all around in my head. It's the dark side of my mental. I'm about to put you all through. Come with me on a journey for two, just me and just you. I show you things happening every day. All kinds of people getting around the way, from slavery in the factories to slavery in the clothing industry. So tell me, what's going on today? Even the white man is a slave today. So tell me, why do you hate me? Why do you try to put me in the penitentiary? I'm only trying to live my life, have a couple of children, a home, and a wife. Good night, everyone. God bless. God bless. Thank
2: you. Thank you. That was beautiful. That was beautiful, Silent. That was absolutely beautiful. Now, if you can't get nothing out of that, something wrong with you. Because truly, we're trying to bring it to you real. And we're trying to not only just give you the hard, but we want to give you the soft side too. And we want to keep something with love and a little bit with tough love. And so, I'm thankful that. Blog Talk has given me the opportunity to share with you our views from the Lardy Miss Party Blog Talk show. With all the crew here and all those that take the time out to come onto the show and to share their stories, I'm a true blessed host to be hosting the show. I thank you, Blog Talk, for allowing me the opportunity to have a forum for those that have been victimized and defrauded in our communities statewide. And Brenda, I thank you for becoming the co-host on the show, to show the lightest right. Bernard, I thank you for being the co-host, for being on the show to show us the dark side of criminal justice because light need to be shined upon that. And most of all, Tyrone Island Smalls, Thank you for the shower of love of your gift, poetry, because God's been good to you to be able to share this kind of of verbal thought, a reflection, to give thanks, to give praise, and to give time for those that are in need. And to you, Karen Domingo, the sister I love in Christ. Thank you for coming and sharing your story, sharing your heart, your tears to show that, you know, things do happen to good people. Where is the help, y'all? America, stand up, speak up, and speak out. Especially to help those that have been victimized and been defrauded. And also for all the callers that called in. For all that have called in, thank you for sharing your views and your comments and the company that's right before us, gentlemen in the back. What's your name again? Yeah, Derek. I'll put you on front. Derek, Derek. Derek. Derek, thank you for participating and sitting back and and, and looking at this show or listening to the show to see if it's worthy for you to use word of mouth and let them know, let people know about this show for those that are in need. And if you callers out there or people that have Questions or need to tell something to tell me, Lordy Miss Clardy, because I need to know what topics to talk about, y'all. Y'all need to give me something. So how you contact me is at wclardy at wclardy@familiesandvictimsoffraud.com, or you can call and just say, Lordy Miss Clardy, we want you to talk about this subject. Even while we're on the show, and I just happen to have you on the line. You can contact me at the number of 347-884-8684. And again, 347-884-8684. And for y'all that ain't got no cell phones out there and ain't got no way, no quarter, nothing to call in, there is a 1-800 toll-free number. It is 1-877-483. Three one five three. The number again is 1-877-483-3153. And for you guests that want to be on the show, put in your bios, give me the subject you want to talk about, and contact me again at W-C-L-A-R-D-Y at Families and Victims of Fraud. Let me know you got love for this show. Until next time, next week, we are going to be on the focus the third time. And this time, we're going to talk about how can we hold the state or county or county accountable for doing wrong. And I'm going to leave it like that because it's all about transparency, accountability, and responsibility. And until next time, we see each other. Much love from Lordy and Ms. Clarty and all the hosts in the house. Peace.
8: All right.